Welcome to Reading the Psalms. I'm Dan, and I'm going to read Psalm 32 today. Psalm 32 is just loaded with big themes. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputes not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. When I kept silent, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture was changed as with the drought of summer. I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and my iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. For this, let everyone who is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely when the great waters overflow, they shall not reach unto him. Thou art my hiding place. Thou wilt preserve me from trouble. Thou wilt compass me about with songs of deliverance. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way in which thou shalt go. I will counsel thee with mine eye upon thee. Be not as the horse or as the mule which have no understanding, whose trappings must be bit and bridle to hold them in, else they will not come near unto thee. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusteth in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. Be glad in the Lord, and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. I see two themes that I want to try to address today, and I don't know how I can uh, be able to talk about them at, at all well in a short amount of time. But this psalm lightly addresses two big questions in life. What about guilt? And is my life fated? And I think it's just amazing at how uh, this psalm can introduce us to these ideas and give us some ways to consider them in such a light manner. What other than poetry can so smoothly address these things? What, can, what other than poetry can give insight and thoughts and yet not determine answers like poetry? And this might be why our society has a hard time with poetry right now because poetry so easily introduces the questions that might make us a little bit nervous and doesn't give us the solid answers that a society raised on data and spreadsheets is so hungry for. But let's introduce these two thoughts and think about them a bit. The first, what about guilt? We all know guilt. You overstep some social norm, some societal idea. It can happen at school or at work, and it doesn't have to be a law, but you know you've broken it, and you have that feeling, that unmanageable shame. You hurt a friend. You said the wrong thing. You turned your back on somebody in the time of need, or you betrayed some secret. So now what do we do? David tells of life that is blessed because there is no guilt. David contrasts the inner turmoil and the barrenness and pain in your gut with the opportunity that is found in open confession and comfort and forgiveness and freedom. David offers the answer of confessing to a trusted one is how one finds that. While the world offers guilt and shame, this psalm is trying to tell us that there is release. And you can look at David's answer on how to get that release. 
The another idea that this psalm opens up toward the end is a question that I think uh, is, is hard in the world as well as hard even in the broad uh, world of Christendom. Is my life fated? Am I determined? David, or it could be God, I have a hard time knowing the voice that begins in verse 8, but I'll say it's David. David begins to instruct and teach, and he tells us, don't be a dumb donkey. Really, it says mule, but I love the alliteration of dumb donkey. Maybe an unmanageable mule could work. Don't be a dumb donkey. Don't be formed and forced by another, but rather listen and be led. And he says that the donkey needs the, the bit and the bridle to be forced where it's going to go. And there's two aspects to this. And the first is the classic line that you tell the teenage boy, the 20-something boy who is running recklessly, if you don't get control of yourself, someone else will soon. And that's not just a threat. That is a reality of this world. And, and our society takes the reckless and locks them up. But another idea here is not just that personal responsibility, but it is opening us up to the option and the knowledge that we are not robots run behind the scenes, but rather persons personally called by someone. Uh, our life is not determined by a designer deciding our decisions like a robot under a program. Rather, it's saying and pleading with us to make our own decisions. Letting me think, I'm a person, a whole person, even from birth, as a, as a little one, called by a creator. And what will I do with that choice and that opportunity? Let's read Psalm 32 again. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputes not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. When I kept silent, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture was changed as with the drought of summer. I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and my iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgression unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. For this let everyone who is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely when the great waters overflow, they shall not come reach unto him. Thou art my hiding place. Thou wilt preserve me from trouble. Thou wilt compass me about with songs of deliverance. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will counsel thee with mine eye upon thee. Be not as the horse or as the mule, which have no understanding, whose trappings must be bit and bridled to hold them in, else they will not come near unto thee. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusteth in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. Be glad in the Lord, and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. This psalm is saying, why don't you give trust a try? Well, thanks for listening in, and I'll talk with you tomorrow.